Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. I'm Charlie, VP of Student Success here at Food Biz Whiz, and we are back with another episode in our series called Is It Worth It, Charlie? In this series, I help students inside our Retail Ready community think through pivotal decisions they are about to make in their business to help them determine whether or not moving forward with that decision is worth it. Now, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. As I said, my name is Charlie Birkinshaw, and in addition to running my own CPG business, Element Shrub, I also support and advise our students inside our Retail Ready course and community. In today's episode, I'm going to be sitting down with fellow Retail Ready student, April Wachtel, founder and CEO of Cheeky Cocktails, to help her determine how to find that perfect balance between sort of customization and operational efficiency when it comes to sort of e-commerce configurations. So if this is a decision you have ever struggled with, I'm excited for you to listen in. With that said, let's find out, is it worth it? I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. I've got a valuable freebie to go along with today's episode. It's my workbook on 100 wholesale buyer knows, which outlines all of the excuses that I used to give brands who weren't a great fit for our shelves back when I was a grocery buyer. This download helps you prepare for any possible no and teaches you how to change it into a yes. Find the free link in our show notes. April, welcome. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Charlie. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So as I said in the introduction today, we're going to talk about finding that perfect balance between sort of providing customization to your end consumers and being efficient on the operations side, right? But before we jump into all that, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them about your background and experience. Yes, for sure. So I'm a 26-year veteran of food, beverage, and hospitality. I have a background as a mixologist, cocktail and spirits instructor, and I host the Movers and Shakers podcast on people and ideas changing the beverage landscape, in addition to, you know, running Cheeky. Um, So yeah, so a little bit more about my background. I was a brand ambassador for Bacardi. I was a consultant for Diageo, cocktail instructor at Astro Center Ice and More, and I've taught over 12,000 students how to make cocktails. And I've been mentioned in a bunch of fun press, including the Today Show, Fox and Friends, The Sundance Channel, and in print in the Wall Street Journal, uh, the New York Times, Forbes, Martha Stewart, and more. So super thrilled to be here with you today. Amazing. April, thank you. That's um, you, you are staying as busy as I am, it seems. So that's that's awesome. Um, so, and April, you've been with us inside Retail Ready for, I think, just over a year now. How How's everything going for you? Yeah, with it's our- going amazing. I mean, in that period of time, we grew from... Uh, about 50 retailers to we've over 300 now. Um, and wow, we're selling that's in- amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and I think in particular, 
what has been most helpful for me within Retail Ready is the scripts and the etiquette and the cadence around retailer outreach and follow-up. Because you have to strike that balance, speaking of balance, between persistence and achieving your objectives and also not totally pissing them off, excuse my language. So I I think that the script and the calls to action that you guys provide has been super, super helpful. And the community, obviously, being able to access you guys, your expertise, and the other founders as well has been awesome. I I love that. Yeah, I totally hear you. And I think even before I joined Retail Ready as a as an employee, and I was I was a student as well. And I remember kind of having that that script and that follow up, and and just sort of remembering that you know follow up is so important when it comes to kind of staying on top of these retailers. And I think as brands, sometimes we we forget that and we just assume that everybody knows who we are and who our product is. So. Um, Awesome. So let's get back to today's topic. I'm really excited to talk about this. And honestly, uh, I can relate to this as well because you and I share something in common, which is we have we both have a lot of SKUs. And I think yeah. this podcast episode, for anybody who has more SKUs than they can count on one hand, I think this is probably something you can relate to, right? And it's that that balance of, you know, how do I give consumers everything they want, right? All the choices that they want um, without burdening the operational side of the business, right? Yeah, totally. Um, Um, Should I just jump in and tell you a little bit about the problem itself? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So as you know, we have nine flavors. So as I mentioned, we do bar quality syrups and juices for the home and bar. We have two sizes. So there's a four ounce size and there's a 16 ounce size. All of our products are shelf stable for 18 months to two years. Okay. So we're not doing refrigerator or anything like that. But the situation is such that um, we have nine flavors, two sizes, and that doesn't include (laughs) cases, right? So there's at least 18 individual products that could be shipped in any configuration. Now, the way that they are laid out on our website is we have them so it's the individual product. So it'll say simple syrup or lime juice or ginger syrup or espresso syrup. And a consumer can click into that and they could buy as little as a single bottle and they could ship one bottle to their homes or wherever they're shipping. Um, Or they could buy any other configuration, including adding our cocktail kits, which are two bottles. For example, a margarita would have lime and agave. Um, They could add a sampler kit and we have several different size sampler kits. So a four bottle six bottle, eight bottle, they could add cases. And so what this means is on the operational side, on the fulfillment side, we could get an order where it's two cases of something, individual loose bottles, various cocktail (laughs) kits that are packaged in a gifty way, and it creates a giant cluster. Now, as you know, and I'm sure you can identify with, we because we are a small team and we all know everything that's going on, we've been able to address it because of that, because we know all the intricacies. Yeah, but we are looking to outsource both our uh, e-com as well as our uh, wholesale orders to three PLs in the next three to four months. Right. Um, so we need to be able to offload this to somebody where even the way they're picking and packing, it financially makes sense for us because typically they'll have like a um, you know an initial pack fee for an item, and then there's an additional um, item fee for every item packed. Right. So we right. really have to uh, streamline this. And I, as far as I understand too, there's also a 
fee for storage, right, per SKU typically. So the more SKUs you send them, the more expensive it's going to be, right? Um, so I think I totally understand this this problem of trying to you know find that balance of hey you know we're and and I, I just want to clarify too right now the the focus of this conversation is going to be how do we support end consumers right there's there's certainly like a wholesale side of it as well um, but maybe for the purpose of this conversation like let, let's focus on hey if an individual consumer wants to buy one gift set two loose bottles yes. right um, that's yes. how, 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 how do you decide what box size to buy? How yeah. do you decide if it should be a custom box? And then if, you know, the bottles don't fit into that custom box because they also picked a gift set, right? To so many, so many permutations and variations, right? Yeah. Um, ultimately, right. One, one, it sounds like one of the goals here is, well, one to create an SOP that a standard operating procedure that we could send to a 3PL at the end of this saying, hey, here's how we run our e-commerce platform from yeah. a fulfillment perspective, right? Uh, and right now, I imagine that's either either difficult because it would be 100 pages long, depending on like which variation, you know, somebody buys, right? I mean, yeah. I same thing would apply to me. Uh, but then also, I think, right, it's important to think about what what what's the data look like right now and what are the what what's the ultimate goal for you right is it and and maybe you know thinking back to the background of how this problem came up right because i imagine if if we're if we're having this conversation you started you you wanted to give customers you know as much choice as possible right from the beginning yeah so i think this is a perfect place to start our products are products that people do. It's not that it's not like a subscription where they're ordering the exact same thing every week. What we've seen with our existing consumers is they'll order totally different configurations one time. A next, you know, next month they come in, they order, you know, a, a, an order five times the size, and then they'll come back and they'll order like a two bottle kit or something like that later. So there's no predictability with it, and I believe this is. You know, it's a similar behavior to what I experience when I go out to the bar. Yes, I've got my standards. Maybe I like a margarita. Maybe I like a dirty martini or Negroni. But I'm going to make the decision a little bit ad hoc. So I think choice is important. And something that you and I discussed a little bit offline was um, I, I think that we are striding or straddling the line between gifting and wanting to ensure that we can deliver a gifty looking product and like a really nice unboxing experience. And we are also providing a utilitarian function because we see about 50% of our sales are sort of gifting or sampling occasions where people are sending it to somebody or buying it for themselves for a sort of treat. And then we also see about 50% is people are just stocking the product in, in their home or they're ordering cases for events. And so I think that fundamentally, we have not made a decision on how we want to address these two sides of the direct-to-consumer business. And I think that begets the question here of like, how do you pack these things? And is there a clear way to distinguish that, even just in the way we explain it or present it on the site, such that yeah. the consumer sees that separation? Right. I, that's that's what immediately came to mind to me. And thinking about how you sort of have, you might have the same target 
customer for, for each of these sort of whether it's gifting or stocking their bar or, you know, buying for events, but, but ultimately, you know, and I'd be curious to see what the data looks like for each of those sets in sort of its own funnel to see if there are consistencies of, Hey, when people buy gift sets, they're buying X, Y, Z, or when people buy samples, they're buying at least this number. Right. Um, and and thinking about like you can still give people choice right without like removing it completely from your website or having a separate like wholesale like login like you guys probably do right but it's a separate like hey having an event like here are our minimum so i i guess one thing i might ask is like what have you considered sort of like the data of you know and, and maybe you have, but is it worth keeping four ounce size bottles and 16 ounce, or should you just kind of pick one? I don't know. No, this is such a, it's, it's a really good question. So the, the, I want us to be a brand where it's an affordable luxury, but it does not feel like when you are purchasing repeatedly, it doesn't feel like you're opening a really crazy expensive package and there's a ton of waste because I've had my mm, fair sure, share of sure. subscriptions where you open, it's like a velvet inside, <laughs> you know, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I can see myself buying this once, but there is no way I'm going to keep buying this thing because this is just not how I use it, you know, and I don't want this, I don't want to be like, this is like $20 of packaging every time I open it. So I believe, you know, when we look at our products again, we have some really pragmatic products like 100% lemon and lime juice and simple syrup and agave syrup that are fundamentals that are, you know, ingredients used in millions of cocktails globally. So we know that those have like a very practical, like common application. Um, And so I think if I had to choose one, I would choose that like people are stocking this in their house versus Mm -hmm. buying it for an occasion. But when you look, and you know this. Sure. When you look at gifting and when you look at, people buying sampler kits, if you are profitable on the first purchase, which, you know, of course we are, it's not a subscription, we're not paying for any of these customers. So essentially it's a profitable marketing strategy because it gives them the ability to trial the product where we actually make money off of it. And so that's, again, central to the conflict of like, well, we need kind of both of them. Because if you look at our sales right now, um, in the past year, absolutely by far the top sales per product is for the eight bottle sampler kit. Like right. t- top leader of all the products. Yep. Um, and so it's like, why would I remove that? And or that's is a four there ounce. A way? No, that's, that's the eight bottle. Oh yeah. Sorry. Eight bottle, four ounce size. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, we can, we don't have great analytics because I told you before, but we're on Squarespace. We're switching over to Shopify. We'll have a lot better analytics mm-hmm. there. Yep. Yep. Um, but we we could do a little bit of recon to assess how many of these had gift notes versus not, right? Because that's a pretty accurate indicator. If somebody sure. has a gift note, obviously it's a gift. So yeah, um, yeah. But I think that that is like maybe maybe, and and obviously we're kind of noodling on this, but maybe it is um, clearly having it split up on the website where it's like looking for a gifting occasion, looking for you know, wholesaler cases. 
Um, I think the challenge still becomes once we package them together. So, for example, if somebody does say they want a 12 or an eight bottle kit and a four bottle kit and a, you know, three different two bottle cocktail kits, how those get packaged. Now, I think and again, I, I know that you have some of these for your products, but I think it is feasible if we say we only have three sampler kit sizes or two sampler kit sizes then we could just have custom packaging for those, pre-package those and just ho- mm-hmm. have those at the ready and then just drop those into whatever, you know, external box mailer. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but when also we do that, know, yeah, and when we do that on our end, we have a, a three bottle gift set and it's generic though. It's, you can put any three bottles in it and there is like a recipe on the inside for all of our flavors. So if if I had to, you know, assign like a certain flavor to each, like, and create multiple gift sets, one, it would be really inefficient operationally for me because I'd have to have multiple prints with different things. And I'm not sure how much it's going to sell of each one. So um, having one sort of generic box, I think, is is really helpful. One thing I wanted to ask you about is from a, like, average order value, right? Because thinking about uh, back to these ultimate goals, right? Is the ultimate goal to just sort of find that perfect balance so that customers don't complain about, hey, I ordered two gift sets and I wanted to order this other thing, but I couldn't. Or is it to say, hey, our current, you know, average order value AOV is, you know, $50, whatever. We want to increase it to 75 or 100. What, What do you see the goals from from that perspective, maybe so your sort of the, financial goals. The the primary goal is to is to make it less confusing for consumers. We've okay. I mean, I I can I can't say. I think we've only had two people in two and a half years say, "Hi, chatbot, I'm confused." <laughs> that being said, there have been many times, and I told you this offline earlier, but. Um, the way we've been addressing this thus far is we at the at the end, right before you check out, there's two packaging options. One is kit everything individually, in which case we kit everything individually, and then we put it in one external box. And then the second is the low waste option where it says like put everything in one box. And so that's been very effective, but we have had a bunch of occasions where people have selected kit it individually and it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like we see other indicators in the order that means they probably just accidentally selected the wrong thing. So mm. I know for sure it is creating confusion upon checkout. And when we look at our abandoned cart, there's thousands of dollars of of abandoned carts in the right, course right. of a month for Got us. It. And we're like, I I want to clarify what's going sure. on and make more seamless. So so there's definitely like a user experience like goal of, hey, like we want this to be super clear. Other than that, do you guys do any sort of like post-purchase surveys or anything to kind of get other feedback <laughs> about like, I don't know, complaints that, hey, like, why? And and we haven't talked about shipping costs yet, but why is shipping $12 on one bottle or right. whatever it is? Like, it is for so, me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what we, we have a couple of things that we've done. So um, so one is that we pay for shipping for all orders of $20 or more. And we know that we are eating into our margin for obviously some of the smaller orders. But what that does is it ensures that we're not losing, you know, a a lot of orders simply because there was confusion or opposition to the shipping cost. And again, most, um, sorry, I'm going to have to switch over my light here, I think. Just my 
fucking sorry. <laughs> Running out of power over here. Um, so, um, so, so that's one thing that we've done, and that's been very successful. We've dabbled. We've we've tried different price points. So we did initially. I think we did forty five. Then we brought it up to sixty, and then we brought it back down to twenty. So, um, I think that that helped us get more of the two bottle kit customer. Which ultimately, do we want to pay? You know, up to twelve dollars to ship a product that might be twenty. We do not. But that being said, typically those customers come back and they purchase something else. And so for me, it's just kind of like, even if we still make a small profit on a small order, it's still worth sure. it for now until we Got have it. a better solve. Got it. Your question about the post, uh, post-purchase survey. We have a, we have two, we've, um, I believe it's Wiremo is our direct-to-consumer um, survey. Initially, okay. we had it sending out automatically two weeks after purchase then we had a lot of people responding that it was too early. So then we set it to 21 days and we still mm. have a lot of people saying it's too early, which is one of the things that has informed my assessment that people are doing the behavior that we want them to, which is they're stocking it at home. It's mm, not like, again, sure. a, a lot of subscription kits, you'll buy it and then you'll use it immediately. Right, right. That's not, you know, we want it to have a home in people's homes. Sure, sure, sure. So that's that's been positive. And then of course, when we see you know, two cases of lime juice or two cases of whatever, honey ginger syrup, we typically know that's not so they can have a store for four years, you know, right. like that's <laughs> right, for right. an event. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I wonder, I wonder if there's an opportunity for on the, the post survey side of things is post purchase survey um, is, I guess, maybe depending on the questions that you're asking, it feels like, Hey, maybe it's too early to ask me what you thought about this syrup, but what about asking them questions about how their user experience was or things that yeah. you're trying to solve here about confusion on the website or yeah. did you, do you care about the way, like talking about things that, that are important to you, like the, the waste, the packaging waste and, you know, would you have cared if it came in this box or like yeah. with <clears throat> yeah. styrofoam or whatever? <laughs> well, we so we did do some of that at the beginning when we were really unsure about what packaging we were going to be using. Um, it seems that like we've gotten a lot of positive feedback, both from our from our e-com customers as well as our wholesale customers, where people will say everything was packed, you know, with care you know, like, you know, it looks beautiful. We get a lot of like, we do quote unquote social listening where we're just looking at social media and we get a lot of people saying like, so cute, like gifty and whatever. So, um, I feel pretty comfortable. I feel like we're probably doing things like 80% right there, which is again, as you know, with a startup, that is, that is good enough to deal with yeah. the other <laughs> things that are on fire at, at all totally, times. Totally. <laughs> um, but that being said, I think that we will resume that. I think it's a phenomenal idea. And I think once we switch over to Shopify, the migration is done, but we'll switch over in the next week or so. Um, we can start really looking at that a lot more closely because I just know that it's been confusing. Like even when I check out in our site, like doing test checkouts, I'm like, if I were a customer, I'd be like, what the hell is this? You know, so <laughs> right. we already know. It's, I think, once we have a clean platform to start with that it was built for this, I think it'll be a better sort of baseline. That that makes sense. Um, I will lead you to one resource inside Retail Ready. We, we do have a post-purchase survey um, kind of uh, workbook that uh, we've put together that you can kind of go through and like look at some questions that might be helpful. So yes. um, awesome. one, I'll encourage you to go check that out. Um, Love it. Great. So 
we and so you mentioned shipping. So you guys cover. I, I guess one question, maybe to as we're thinking about data here is, and this is going to take some real like digging. But you know, when that person buys two bottles, are they coming back and are they buying four bottles the second time or six bottles or are they continuing to buy two bottles? And if so, is it worth it to continue to like? make sort of that smaller margin every time (laughs) right you know what i mean um okay i what i would say is like (laughs) so what i would say is typically the order increases what i see most often so it either increases by number of bottles and keeps at the same size or they scale up to the 16 ounce which is a better per ounce cost for them and it's a better margin for us also right as you know with small bottles it's just like the packaging costs are insane it's the same (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That being said, as I mentioned, Squarespace has r- truly terrible analytics. And so I am very much looking forward to having, again, a, f- a fresh start with Shopify because there's, it's just, it's literally night and day when you look in the back end of mm-hmm. the types of reports that you can see. And even the suggestions, like the, just the default suggestions they have based on like the migrated data. Um, it's, it's, um, just at a whole nother level. And we love data. We can act upon it incredibly quickly, as you know, as a small right, organization. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So that's, I mean, again, we will see because, I mean, we've been around for two and a half years. It's not like we have like hundreds of millions of data points, you know? Um, yeah. So the more data that comes in, the better we can, you know, that'll inform these these decisions that we can make. Great. Uh, one other thing that sort of came to mind is, you know, when you think about giving the customers choice, how, like, how can we give the customers choice and keep things efficient operationally and keep the packaging size the same, right? Because I know this is something that comes up a lot with brands. Hey, we've got all these different sizes or we've got all these different SKUs. How do we pick, like, literally, how do we pick which box size to pack them in? What if you said, hey, we're going to sort of like digitally give customers choice by creating sort of like custom gift sets on the screen, as in like you have the choice to buy one bottle, three bottles, or six bottles, right? And then they still get a choice, but then you get to decide like what the packaging looks like on the back end to be as efficient as possible, right? Without having to sort of force yourself into, hey, now I have to go buy like a custom box for the margarita set or a custom box for, you know, whatever, the fresh lime juice set. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I think, so I think that on the gifty side, gift givers want to know what it looks like. Now totally that yeah. now that could by the way that could be resolved and still work the way you just described it by just showing what it looks like but not showing you know when they kind of like mix and match how that physically shows sure, up sure. in the box like they can extrapolate that um what I would say and this is something I actually want to run by you too and let me just grab this I have a little sample sure. thing to show. great <laughs> so I'm sure you've also had this question which is like is the gift set that's on my site, meaning like if I were to have like a flat gift set where it's like bottles in a row, like does that transfer to retail or not? So in an ideal world, mm. I would love to have the products on the site also function retail, 
Meaning right. it's much more common to see this, which we, this is like a, a prototype of um, something we were looking at, which there's like a, it's cardstock. There's like a thin cardstock divider on the inside and this holds four bottles, whoops, four okay. bottles. So that's another thing that I'm considering is if we reduce it down to a two bottle configuration, four bottle an eight bottle, that's, I mean, the two and the four could be sold in retail or on our site. The eight bottle is probably more the website because, again, just the shelf space you need for eight is like a little bit questionable. Sure. And then we have our cases, which the four bottle, four ounce bottle is in a 12 bottle case and the 16 ounce bottle is in a six bottle case. So if we just keep it to one, two, three, four, f- five configurations, two of which we use already for wholesale, then that's really only three configurations for like right. custom custom products inside. But to your point, we could have them generic. So it's any configuration of two bottles, any configuration of four, any right. configuration of eight. So I, if it's okay, so, so what April just showed me, because this is a podcast, <laughs> not a video, right? It's a, yeah. it's a white white box, as she described. Um, but I assume you would have it branded like oh, yeah. cheeky cocktails, right? Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> my, my first question was whether or not you were asking, hey, is this something we can use to ship to retailers in versus like from, from, from that <laughs> perspective, but you, you certainly could, as long as they don't break in transit. Uh, but then you would, you would want that item also like put on the sell- shelf and sold. Right. So, so this is just, again, to give a little bit of a visual to build on what, um, what Charlie was just saying. It's most typical when you see, for example, products like Charlie's or mine, you'll see, you know, a gifty sort of arrangement is like four bottles or three bottles or two bottles next to each other. Oftentimes there's like a little cutout so you can see what the product is inside of the cardstock box. And typically in retail, it's a little bit of a different configuration. It's, and again, I assume this is a function of shelf space, but it's typically, it's typically more like a little six pack of beer where like all the bottles are Mm -hmm. in, you know, like packed in, they're all standing straight up. So they can have visibility and facings on a retail shelf, but they also don't take way too much space from left to right. Right. Um, And so that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out is like, is there a way that we can do both of these things, use the same packaging for all of these things? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see, you know, you having sort of three faces, right? So there's two bottles, in each box sort of on, on a face of that, right. Of what you just showed me and having three faces of, of three different SKUs. So you're taking up sort of six faces all day of shelf space on the the cocktail mixer shelf, but you've got three different colors that are, one is like a Paloma kit, one's a margarita kit and one's something else that's like bright yellow. And I don't know, just trying to think about how the colors (laughs) look. (laughs) Something else. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, we do the same thing with our gift sets, right? We, it's, if you can translate what you sell through your website to what you can sell in store, it just makes things all the more efficient, right? Operationally, because, you know, to get your costs down um, on a per unit basis for those boxes, you want to print as many as you can that still makes sense uh, for you from a sales perspective. But, um, so if you can do that and have all the boxes be the same size, but then just have them like change the print, change the design and still get the volume discount, then great. Well, um, not only, yeah, but not only that, it's also, and by the way, the, this is, this actually only, <laughs> we have a lot of foresight, but this is one where I didn't have as much foresight. We actually had made version one of a custom design for this little four bottle retail box 
for one skew, it was for the lime juice. And then I realized, and I have like intermediate level Adobe Illustrator skills. <laughs> um, then I realized as I was about to make this into all these other ones that it's not just the volume discount. It's also that we would have to meet MOQs, minimum order quantities right. for every single skew, And we would need to store pallets and pallets and pallets for God knows how long until we actually run through those, you know, Yes. Five ten thousand per skew, so um, yeah. So this is there's a lot of capital that can easily get tied up into these things. That is such such an important factor that I think brands get really excited about. Hey, I can have all these custom things, and then like they forget about the storage and they yeah. forget about the cash that you know gets taken up by having to purchase like all of these things at once. Uh, and so I'm really, I'm really glad you you brought that up. So I don't know, going back to this, um, I think when I had mentioned the 136 sort of idea, I didn't say this out loud, but was trying to sort of like think about your three channels. So you've got your gift, right, section, you've got your sort of like one bottle, two bottle stocking people, and then you've got your wholesale event stuff. And for me, that one bottle, two bottle stocking thing felt like that would be appropriate for the 136 sort of you you decide what it looks like on the back end, but you let them pick and choose, you know, which bottles and whether it's four or 16 ounce. Um, and, and then on the gifting side, I could see, uh, you know, I've seen this lately with non-alcoholic beers too, and the, the rise of sort of e-commerce of them shipping stuff of, Having you know selling four six packs and packaging it like that, I could see like a gift set where sometimes they'll they'll still ship you one box that has two six packs in it, but two of them will be empty because you only yeah. order two. But yeah. to make it efficient on their end, they just bought one box and yeah. they're going to fill it as yeah you know based on how much you order yeah. Well, the other thing on that, and again, we could go on this for like five <laughs> days, <laughs> but the other thing is, I think this would actually, something else that could very easily, well, not easily, but could resolve the problem is if we just make it impossible to buy a single bottle. Because if we do everything in multiples of twos, then that changes everything. I, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's not one, three, six, maybe it's two, four, two, four, six, mm-hmm. or, um, and, and also, right, that immediately takes your order value uh, like to $20, $20 right? Yeah. As a minimum. Uh, and then, you know, depending on what your current average order value is, do you set your free shipping at 25 so that yeah. people now spend 40 on yeah. average instead of 20? And now it's still efficient for you. Uh, but I also think like at the end of the day, you're going to know if by looking at the data, once you kind of switch over, you're going to know like 80%, as you said, like 80% of the time you're doing these two or three configurations, right? Yeah. If you can solve for that and then like the other sort of outliers, I think, I don't know. I, I guess I, I would think about how, how you to, how trying to solve for like kind of those two or three like scenarios of, the things that sell 80% of the time. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely going to get clear. And then this is something else you and I have spoken about before as well, which is <laughs> my life is going to get a lot easier in general. Once we make some decisions about what skews to cut, because 
ultimately, yes. as a macro decision, <laughs> we are going to have to pare down, I think, down to five. And that, again, I think should should simplify that is, things. That, but is that is definitely is the elephant in the room question. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole another podcast uh, totally. episode. So um, yeah, of course, right? Like you've got 10 SKUs now. We have, or well, 10 times nine. two. Nine, 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, even like breaking that down to a number that is divisible by 12 or six or something so that if people order everything, right, it's not like you have a 12 pack that your bottles come in and somebody orders 13 bottles and now you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh what my do God. I do? This is our lives. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, I don't. So I, I'll say one. Thank you for for talking this out. I I have been thinking about this for a while for for our brand Element Shrub, and I think I I don't know if I've ever talked it out with somebody because I'm a solar founder, and so it's it's nice to be able to kind of uh, share that um, with you. So the psychosis, <laughs> share <Yes>. the psychosis. <laughs> no, no, I totally. I it's it's funny because I actually. Um, this, I, I feel like I've actually, even though it doesn't seem like I figured anything out, I think this has been really constructive. Um, and as I mentioned, our, you know, our switch over to Shopify is imminent. It's going to be in the next, you know, week or so. So it's also a really good sort of, um, I think incentive and catalyst to start implementing some of these and just seeing, you know, seeing how it goes because, you know, that's, what is it? Is it Pareto's law or is it Parkinson's law where it's, um, it's, 80% of your, um, 80% of the benefit comes from like 20% of your customers. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't you know, know and, which law it is, but I know that. Yes. <laughs> one of those with a P. Um, but I, I do believe that to be true. And so I think that it'll only make us, you know, operationally better and stronger, and it'll be easier to grow the business if we can figure out which of these sort of key elements are, are really necessary for the site. So, yeah. And I think, you know, from a customer's perspective, you know, you're making a change on the back end and they might see some of that. I assume maybe you're going to make some improvements on things that you've learned over the last couple of years with Squarespace. And so if you're gonna make changes, you know, why not like pull off the band-aid now and kind of play yes. with some things and update some things that customers have been telling you and asking you for over the years, right? Totally. And if they complain about it and a lot of people complain, then that's great. And we'll just, you know, if we know that they really miss it, then we'll we can we can adapt again. So um yeah, so thank you so much. This is I think has been actually really constructive. Awesome. <laughs> um can I can I ask sort of like three takeaways that you're going to do going forward to kind of think about how to, uh, how to get to that ultimate, right. We're, we have to write an SOP for our, excuse me, 3PL to, uh, you know, explain to them how we fulfill product through. Yeah. Our channel. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I definitely will be, we'll make a, we'll make a two bottle kit for the cocktail kits and those we can prepack and store, you know, we can ship those to the 3PL in pallets. Um, I need to make a decision. You know, there's a lot of people who order the four-bottle kit, and there's a lot of people who order the eight-bottle kit. So I'd like to keep those. I've We've had a six-bottle. We've had second thoughts about it. Again, people can currently order a six-bottle kit at the moment. Um, but I think I'm going to try to make that a little bit more restrictive. So that's takeaway number two, is just reduce those options. 
Um, and then I actually think takeaway number three, and I'm not sure how this will happen in Shopify, but I think we might want to f- just feature the products. So you see like a hero shot of individual products and you can read about them, et cetera, but you can't buy them as individual bottles. I do think that that is going to be key. And again, want to make sure it's not confusing to the customer, but I think it is possible to just show like, these are the products that we have. This is all about them. This is how to use them. And then these are the configurations that you can purchase of them. Yeah, and that is I a separate that. matter. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, making it easy for the customers to just come to your website. Hey, like you want to give them choice, but you also don't want to give them that paradox of choice of, exactly. Hey, there's so many different options. Like, what do I pick? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, awesome. April, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for, for joining me on the podcast. I will invite you to share your, uh, share your three takeaways in our student group as well. There's also obviously, as you know, tons of brands that have lots of SKUs that I'm sure would love to continue this conversation. Uh, do you want to share with everybody where they can find you? Yes. Um, yes, we are at Cheeky Cocktails, um, basically everywhere. So Instagram, on Facebook, um, you can find us on LinkedIn if you are on LinkedIn. We're also sort of on TikTok. It's kind of like all behind the scenes stuff where I occasionally feel like okay. I have something to say to TikTok. Um, and then we're cheekycocktails.co on the World Wide Web. There's no M at the end. Um, love it. And we, yeah, would love to a- answer any questions you might have. Um, love all kinds of feedback. So amazing. April, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for listening and for tuning into this episode with April from Cheeky Cocktails. Uh, this is the type of one on one coaching and consulting that I do exclusively for retail ready students day in and day out. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you thought about it. I will see you in the Food Biz Whiz Facebook group for continued conversation, and I will be back in your ears next month. Bye, guys. Charlie, thank you so much. You're welcome, April. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.